Hey, good morning. Hello and welcome to this live English question and answer lesson. I said good morning but I should say good morning or good afternoon or good evening. Um it's good to have all of you here. Thank you so much for joining me on this Saturday to learn just a little bit more English. I wanna say hi to everyone in the chat. It's cool to see the familiar names again. Hi to Natalia Illusion. Norma Ricardo is in the chat. Lolly Lolly. Uh, Gaston, sport expert, Marta Yi Kang, Marta. Oh, I said Marta already. Uh, but it is cool just to look over and see all of you there. Thank you so much uh, for just joining and hanging out with me for a little bit today. The way this English lesson works is this. You have questions. You have a chance to ask one of those questions and hopefully I'm able to answer it. There will be a form that either Todd or Dave will put in the chat. Todd and Dave are our moderators. They help keep the chat civil and I see a whole lot of hellos and good afternoons going by in the chat. Hello to all of you. Uh, again, it's really good to see all of you. I see Ruslan saying hello everyone or hi everyone. Uh, Mohammed saying hi my teacher. Uh, Lolly Lolly saying hello to Norma which is a good example of what I like to see in the chat. I like it when you use the chat to talk to each other as I'm answering questions about the English language. So, please use the chat for that. Again, if you have a question, you can see that Dave has put a link there to a form. Please use that form to ask that question. We should get started though. Let me see if there is a question available. Usually, if I talk for a little bit, there is usually four or five questions ready to go. Let's see if I can see Let me see if I can find the first question. Uh let's see here. The first question is from let me just get this on the screen here. The first question is from Mahmood and Mahmood says, hello teacher Bob. How are you doing today? Could you help me pronounce this name? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thanks in advance. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California I think but I think he's better known as an actor. He starred in movies like Um I'm trying to think. Total Recall was one of them uh and a number of other action movies. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's how you pronounce it, is an actor who has been in I think every single Terminator movie. He might have missed one. I'm not sure but his name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Great question by the way. Uh let me just check something for one moment here and I will get to the next question. Uh where are we? Just have to check one thing for a minute here. Um no, we're good. Okay. Sorry about that. Let me get back on track here. Let's see here. I'm clicking all the wrong buttons again. Marion has the next question. Marion says, which is better in this case? To buy things and to walk a while or to buy things and walking a while? I don't know if it goes with ing or the infinitive. So, if I was at the mall with Jen and I said to her, I'll meet you later uh in the food court. I'm going to buy some things and walk a while. Okay? So, I wouldn't even put the two in there. So, both of your sentences are not the way I would say it. I would say I'm going to buy things and walk a while. I'm gonna buy things and walk a while. I'll meet you outside in the parking lot. That's how you would say it, Marion. That would be the best way to do it. Uh let's see here. Marco says, are the words your and your, there and there, we're and were pronounced the same way? Thank you. So, I pronounce your and your the same way as most English speakers do. 
I pronounce there and there the same way as all English speakers do. I do say we're going and I say we're. So, I do pronounce those two differently. Like later today, we're going to the grocery store, okay? You might hear English speakers say later today, we're going. So, it might sound like we're but I say it more with an, a longer E. We're going to the grocery store but you'll hear different variations. I think if you said like if you pronounce them the same, if you said later today, we're going to the grocery store, no one would really notice but for me, there is a slightly different pronunciation. Uh let's see here. Uh Vito has the next question. Uh hi, Bob. Can you explain the difference between to clean and to clear? Thanks. So, I would clean the counter off after I'm done eating. Um I would clean up after I'm done having a meal. I would clean up but when you clear something, you move things out of the way. Here's a good explanation. When you wash a plate, you're cleaning the plate. When you take the plates off the table, you're clearing them off the table, okay? If you can't see through a window, um if it's covered in snow, you might wanna clear the snow off the window but if the window is dirty, you would want to clean the window. Hopefully, that made a little bit of sense. Um hey, I see Brent from American English is here. Just wanna say hi to Brent. I see Alina is here. I see that there are a lot of people flowing in. We're at 327 viewers. So, hello to all of you. Again, if you're new here, there is a subscribe button right here. You should click it. I like it when people click it and then you are subscribed to my channel. It's totally free and you'll get notified when I do a new lesson. Let's see here. Um Ruslan. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you, sir? I'm good, Ruslan. I hope you are good as well. What kind of water filters do Canadians use in their houses most often? Filter pitchers or under countertop filtration systems? So, many of us have what's called a Brita. That's the name brand but it is um a water jug or a water pitcher. And it has a little filter in the top. I think that's probably the most common. Although in North America, you can drink water straight from the tap. You don't need to filter it but many people do filter it because they feel like it's cleaner and it tastes a little bit better. Let's see here. Uh next question. Um so, I'll define the first word for you. Let me look up the second one. It's The second word brusque is a word we do not use very often. Abrupt. Yeah, I I don't use that second word very often at all. Um so, hi, Bob. Could you define the word riveting? When someone is riveting, it means you can't stop looking at them, okay? If something is riveting, it's just amazing and beautiful and let's say there's a new car from Ferrari. You could say it's just riveting. Like when you see it, it's just beautiful, this beautiful red car and it's just awesome to look at. It is riveting. Uh let's see here. Frank says, may the one mean the indicated. For example, be the one. It's a song. So, if you say someone is the one, if you hear that in a song and it is a romantic song, if it's a song about love, When you say that someone is the one, it means it's the person that you're meant to be with. It means it's your destiny or your fate to become uh, romantically involved with that person. That's what it means when you say someone is the one. I think 
that's probably what you're talking about Frank in the song that you're saying. Um indicated is like a really practical way to say the one like the one that I want or the one that I indicated. We wouldn't say that romantically but certainly in English if I was to say when I met Jen, I knew she was the one. That means that when I met Jen, in my heart, I felt like she was the girl I was meant to be with. That's what it would mean. Uh let's see here. I see Bernadette Survey is in the chat. I see Rod, the Brazilian English teacher is here in the chat as well. Hello, good to see you too. Um by the way, I do believe Rod has a video coming out in about one hour on his channel. You should go check that out when this live stream is over. Let's see here. Jay says, how can I use homeward bound in a sentence? Can I use it instead of going home when leaving work or is it just about going back to your homeland? So, when you say you are homeward bound, it means you are on your way home. It's kind of a poetic way to say it. It's not a way you would say it in everyday speech normally. Normally, at work, I would say, well, I'm going home or well, I'm on my way home. Those would be two very common ways to say it. If I was feeling a little bit funny that day, I might say, well, I'm homeward bound um just to sound a little more poetic but it's not used in everyday speech. You'll hear it a lot in songs, right? You'll hear it in songs where the singer will say that they are homeward bound and it can simply mean that you're going home. Yes, for sure. Um let's see here. Next question is from Ukra. Hi, Bob. What is the difference between to dress and to get dressed? Inner and internal. Ahead and in front of. Thank you. So, let me use all of those in a sentence. Um this morning, I needed to get dressed after I got out of bed. I could say I needed to dress after I got out of bed but we often just say get dressed. After you have a shower in the morning, you dry off and then you need to get dressed. We don't often say dress, I don't think. I need to dress. We do say dress up. Sometimes for work, I need to dress up. That means I would wear a tie. So, I would say they mean the same. The most common way to describe putting your clothes on is to say to get dressed. I need to get dressed. Um inner and internal mean almost the same thing. You know, if I have these inner thoughts or I have these internal thoughts, it means they're in my brain. They're inside. Um so, it simply refers to being inside of something. Um and then ahead and in front of. When I was running the race, I was ahead of my brother. When I was running the race, I was in front of my brother. So, we would use those interchangeably. Um let's see here. Um Andre Padron says, hello, which one of these phrases is correct? Which one of these phrases is correct? It's a little weird thing you have to do there because even though phrases is plural, you have to conjugate with the which one. So, which one is correct? Which one of these phrases is correct? Sorry, little mini grammar lesson there. I would have done something. I would. So, the first one is correct. I would have done something. The second one is not correct. So, I don't wanna say it out loud. Um I could have done something is correct and then the fourth one is not. So, you definitely wanna use have. I would have done something or I could have done something. So, you could say something like um let's see here. The car went off the road. If I had said something, I could have done something. I could have done something. Yeah, that was a bad example but certainly, I would have done something 
and I could have done something are the correct ones to use. Let's see here. Athanasios says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you, sir? I'm good, Athanasios. I hope you are well as well. Over there in Greece, the differences between these words, audit and scrutiny. Thanks a bunch. Well, I I hope you're not getting audited. When you are audited or when you have an audit done, it means that you paid your taxes but the government decided maybe they should look at all of your finances for the past year to see if you paid enough and we call that an audit. So, as you pay taxes, you tell the government. It's kind of a funny thing. You tell the government what you think you owe and then you pay it but every once in a while, you might have an audit. That's where they look at all of your expenses and decide if you did it correctly. Let's see here. Um and then scrutiny is simply, you know, when you're under scrutiny, it means that someone is watching what you're doing. So, let's say I was not a good worker. My boss might have me under a lot of scrutiny. Um he might scrutinize what I'm doing. That means he looks at everything I do to see if I'm doing it correctly. So, let me get a little sip of water here. Let's see here. Next question from Ahmad. And Ahmad says, hi, our beloved teacher. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. May I know the difference between I got angry and I became angry. Thanks in advance. So, we say I got angry like yesterday. Um the cat kept meowing while I was trying to make a video and I got angry. That's like a really informal way to say it. It's totally correct. Um probably the most correct way to say it would be I became angry. But it sounds very pleasant, doesn't it? And getting angry is not pleasant. So, I would say the cat kept meowing while I was trying to make a video. So, I got angry. That's probably what I would actually say. The second phrase is totally correct but I would use the first one more. Let's see. Um Francis. Hi, teacher Bob. I have two questions. Can I use or so in any situation? And how is it pronounced? He is good at it. So, let's do the last one first. You just say he is good at it. That's the very slow pronunciation. He is good at it. What we would actually say is he's good at it. Um is he good at playing baseball? Oh, he's good at it. He's really good at it. He's good at it. So, you notice how I crunched the sentence together. He is good at it. He's good at it. He's good at it. Sounds funny when I say it that way but that is how we say it, right? Um is he Is he good at running? Oh, he's good at it. Um and then or so, um there's a lot of ways to use this. I'll give you the example in terms of quantity. So, when I was making breakfast this morning, I was making uh waffles and it needed um a cup of flour or so. So, it needed you know a little bit less or a little bit more. It didn't really matter. It just said add um a pinch of salt or so. So, it's just a little bit, okay? When you say or so. It's like um not exact. Um he's he's 30 or so. If we said that about someone's age, it means maybe he's 29, maybe he's 32. He's 30 or so. Uh let's see here. Um Natalia has the next question. According to scientists, symptoms of COVID-19 include new confusion or inability to rouse. What does it mean? I'm confused with new confusion. Uh, and rouse. So, let me just look up rouse to make sure it's the same uh verb that I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, if you already have 
bouts of confusion. Like if if you're a really old person and you just have it where you're confused from time to time, that's not a symptom of COVID. But if you have new situations where you're confused or you're confused more, that's what they mean. They're basically saying if you're experiencing confusion, that's different than the one you normally have. And then uh and then inability to rouse would mean if I fell asleep and you were like shaking me to try and wake me up and you couldn't wake me up. When you shake someone to wake them up, you're trying to rouse them. It's not a super common word. Mostly, we say to wake up. So, that's what those two would mean. Great question though, Natalia. Uh let's see here. Um Sid has the next question. Sid says, hi, Mr. Bob. I hope you're doing great. Yes, I'm having a good day. Could you please tell me what does call it even mean and when can I use it in conversation? Thank you for your great lessons. So, let's say I'm selling a car and I want $3,500 for it and a person comes and says, um I only have $3,400 but I still wanna buy the car. I could say, hey, just give me the 3,400 and we'll call it even. That means that you don't owe me the 100 that the deal is done and we've decided that we both go away happy, okay? If someone, let's say, um let's say someone borrowed some sugar from me to make something. They borrowed some sugar uh and then when they came back a few days later, they said, oh, I only have this small bag of sugar. I know I borrowed a bigger bag. I could say, you know, don't worry about it. Let's just call it even. Basically, that means you don't owe me what you think you owe me anymore. That's probably the short description. You don't owe me what you think you owe me. Uh let's see here. Fox has the next question. I have to make a presentation to a colleague in two weeks. I think you are very good at this. Can you give me some advice? I am very worried. Practice, practice, practice. Um whenever you have a presentation, you are going to be nervous. You aren't going to remove all the nervousness but there's two things you can do. Plan really well and practice doing the presentation before you do the presentation. Those two things will help you build confidence, okay? Um you said you think I am very good at this. You do need to realize though that I have been teaching since 1997, I think. So, I have many years of experience. I know I'm talking to a camera right now but in my mind, I'm talking to all of you. Um so, that's one of the things. The more you do something, the more relaxed you can be when you do it. Let's see here. Alonia says, hello, teacher Bob. What is the difference between weird, odd, and strange? Thank you in advance. So, the difference between weird, odd, and strange, they are all simply ways to describe someone for lack of a better word, who isn't normal, okay? Or something that isn't normal. You could say, for instance, you could go outside at night and you could look up and say, wow, the moon looks odd tonight. Maybe the moon has a funny green color to it. Um maybe the moon is extra bright. You could say the moon looks weird tonight. The moon looks odd tonight. The moon looks strange tonight. They are all just very similar ways of describing something that looks different than the way you normally think it should look. Um sometimes we use it to describe people. Um even their behavior like oh wow, he was acting really weird today. He was acting really odd today. He was acting really strange today. 
Did you guys see Jen walk across in the background? You can see Oscar's tail wagging right there. Do you see that? Oh, and he just went outside. I think Jen's going to the library right now. Um next question is from Bilal and Bilal says, I think this sentence can be about the present, past and future. By then, the cake may have gone bad. Am I right? So, we use tenses based on how we're telling the story. So, if I was telling a story in the past, if I said at Christmas, we were going to go to my sister's on the Tuesday but then by then, the cake would have gone bad or may have gone bad. Um I could say in the future, I could say, oh, we could if if you wanted to, we could meet next month but by then, the cake may have gone bad. And I could say um right now, if we're gonna eat this cake, the cake may have gone bad. So, we're not necessarily talking about the past or the future or the present like literally but we're telling a story that takes place. It's a little hard to describe actually but I hope that made some sense. Um many times in English, when we're telling a story, whether it happened in the past or the future, we'll start to use um tenses that you think we we you would think if we were telling a story about the future, we would always use a future tense but we sometimes tell the story even though it's in the future as if it's happening right now. I think I'm confusing you more than I need to. The simple answer is this. Learn your tenses and use them properly and then just kind of listen to how English speakers tell stories once you've mastered the tenses and then you can start to flip them around. Uh let's see. Gustav has the next question. It's the same thing to say to not repeat than not to repeat. Um you need to learn to not repeat what you say. You lean you need to learn not to repeat what you say. Um you have to learn to not repeat um whatever you did that hurt your back. You learn you need to learn not to repeat whatever you did to hurt your back. So, yes, you can use both. By the way, I'm talking about hurting my back not because my back is sore. My back is fine. I'm talking about it because yesterday, we did a live lesson on pain and injuries and we talked about having a sore back or a pain in the back or having back pain. So, if you do wanna learn a little bit more about pain, kind of a weird subject, there is a lesson about that on my channel. Um Lolly Lolly, bonjour Bob. Can you tell me the difference between further and farther? I'm a bit confused. Merci Bob. So, first of all, as native English speakers, we use these words interchangeably, okay? So, if someone said, um I'm trying to find your house. Um I'm in front of a yellow house. Do I need to go further? I could say yes, you need to go farther. So, I've used one of those words improperly. I'm gonna look up the exact usage but I will tell you this much. English speakers don't really care which one they use, okay? So, I can throw the ball. I can throw the baseball a lot farther. I can throw the baseball a lot further. So, you can see there, it's easy for me to use either and one of them is probably incorrect but as a native speaker, we don't care. Um so, it says people use both further and farther to mean more distant. However, American English speakers favor farther for physical distance and further for figurative distances. So, what that means is I'll try to throw the baseball farther or we can discuss this further. That's probably a good couple of sentences to kind of give you the difference. One is a physical distance. 
I can drive farther if you need me to. I can throw the baseball farther. If you want to talk about this more, we can talk about it further during the next live stream. Hopefully, that made some sense. I use them interchangeably which is wrong but that's okay. Sometimes you do that. Uh let's see here. So, Israel says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you? What's the difference between to forget and forgetting? Stopping and to stop. Thanks a lot. So, it's simply a difference between I could say um every day I forget uh to take my gloves to work. Every day I forget. So, I'm using the present simple. I'm u- it's a repeated action. Every day I forget. Um if I was to say yeah, we don't use forgetting very often. Like we don't say I am forgetting. Um actually we do. We do say that. We'll use it as an expression like ah, oh, I'm forgetting my gloves or ah, oh, no, I'm forgetting to answer. I'm I'm forgetting to turn on members only chat. So, they're slightly different. Um one is the present simple. One is the present continuous but I'm not gonna try to explain too much more. I'll do it with to stop because that's actually an action verb where there is something true to it. Every day or when I get to a stop sign, I stop my car. Present simple. Um when I press the brake in my car, I am stopping. So, in that very moment, I'm in the act of stopping. I hope that made some sense. I have two videos out now. One on the present simple, one on the present continuous. If you search Bob the Canadian present simple, Bob the Canadian present continuous, you'll find them. Maybe watch those and hopefully it's a little bit uh clearer for you after that. Let's see here. So, Maro, I'm gonna skip your question because it's again, yeah, it's again a grammar question. Let me just try and answer it quick. Maro says, hi, teacher Bob. It's always a pleasure to see you. Could you explain please when we have to use the verb in the infinitive form and when in the form with ing? Thanks. So, in the present continuous, when you are doing something right now and it's an action, you use I am drinking. You use the ing. I am speaking. I am listening. The things you are doing right now. The infinitive though is used sometimes when you're using the future like I I am going to eat. I am going to run. You're using the to with the verb. Um but I'm gonna leave it at that because you guys can understand why I usually don't explain grammar too extensively during live streams because it's too easy to forget something or make a mistake. So, what you should know is this. I have done two videos on verb tenses. My plan for 2021, every couple weeks or so, I'm going to cover another verb tense. I'm going to try and do it in a way that makes you laugh and learn at the same time. I think I did that in my first two on the present simple and present continuous. Um Ricardo, hello teacher Bob. I hope you are safe. My question is the money bill in Canada, is it made with plastic or paper? Let me see. I don't usually have money in my wallet but I don't have any money in my wallet so I can't show you. Um it feels like paper but it's actually plastic now. Our older money from a long time ago was made out of paper. Our newer money is made out of a kind of plastic and it might actually be a combination of the two. It certainly feels yeah like part of the bill definitely feels like plastic and some of it does feel a little bit like paper but I think it's all plastic now. Um maybe Dave or Todd could check that for me. Is Canadian money made out of plastic? I think it is. 
Let's see here. Muse says, do you teach English online classes? I am interested to join if you provide online classes to improve my English. So, the one thing that makes me a little bit different than a lot of other teachers on YouTube uh, is that I don't offer online classes. I don't have a course for you to buy. I've never really worked on any of those things. I don't have time to offer online classes because I still teach high school. I still have a full-time job. So, I do this in my spare time. I don't offer courses that you can buy because I've never thought of a way to create an online course that's actually really effective. And I know other English teachers on YouTube have and that's awesome. Um so, no, Muse, sorry. Uh Todd in the chat says, yep, we use plastic now. So, our money is made of plastic. That doesn't sound like it has much value, does it? But our money is made of plastic. Hey, let me make a small change here for a sec. It is half an hour into the live stream. So, first of all, I wanna thank the 542 people who are watching. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button right there. If and subscribing is free by the way. If however, you want to support my channel and support me in the work I do, you can become a member by clicking the join button below. It doesn't work in every country but many of you have joined and you do support me. Um it helps me buy the things I need to buy to do these little English lessons. Right now, if you're a member, you get to ask questions in the chat. It's one of the perks we say of being a member. And Lolly Lolly has the first question. Bob, please, what do you think about the COVID vaccine? Um so Lolly Lolly, I have not been a super healthy person my whole life. So, what I mean by that is I eat well and I exercise but <clears throat> sorry, it sounds my throat's a little dry but it sounded like I was getting emotional. Like, I was gonna be like, I have not been I'm not gonna start crying. Um I've had pneumonia. Uh I've had kidney stones. Uh I had a heart valve that stopped working right. Um so, I want to be healthy all the time. And I will take any vaccine that the doctors want to give me. So, I know there are people that want the vaccine. There are people who aren't sure about it um but I'm gonna get the vaccine because I'm getting old. I'm in my late forties. I don't like being sick. Um I get the flu shot every year as well. Another kind of vaccine. So, I'm just gonna get it. Plus, I work in a school with hundreds of high school students who um are always sick and spreading uh flus and colds around. So, I'm gonna get it for sure. Um and then Brent says, that's what makes your channel so great. You're not trying to sell a course. It's just useful free information. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, I like so, my goals on this channel are to help you but I'm also a little bit selfish because my goals are on my Friday lessons, I wanna cover every single topic I can think of over the next couple of years. So, yesterday was on pain and injuries. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the yard. I did a lesson on the bathroom. Um what makes me eager to do this is I like doing things well and I like to do them completely. So, I'm gonna keep doing things. Um you can join and be a member. You get one extra video but everything else that I do is free for you to watch. Um let's see here. Julia, oh, Brent says paper money is mostly cotton. Oh, yes. That's why you can wash it probably. Julia Olise, hi, dear teacher. May I ask you about the meaning of the phrase quick and dirty? May I also ask what is the height of the ceilings in your house? I think my ceilings are eight feet high. 
which I'm not sure what that is in meters. Uh, eight feet. Let me just convert that for you. They're 2.4 meters high. The reason the ceilings are eight feet high is because Canada uses the metric system for almost everything except in building construction. We still use the same imperial system of measurement as the United States. So, we use feet and inches. So, ceilings in my house are eight feet high. And then quick and dirty just means the fastest, maybe not the best way to do something but the fast quick way to do something. Let's say um let me see. I was gonna make fun of Americans. I shouldn't do that. Let me think. Let me think of a different example. Let's say a part of your car is falling off. The right way to fix it is to bring it to someone who fixes cars. The quick and dirty way is to just tape it back on. Sorry. I I used to live in Michigan and people in Michigan sometimes fix their cars with duct tape. I was always interesting to see. I hope Brent doesn't think I'm making fun of Americans but the quick and dirty way to fix if the bumper was falling off your car, the quick and dirty way to fix it is just to tape it back on or tie it back on with a rope. Not the best way to do it but it does work. Uh Julia says, hello Brent. Brent says, hello back. That's awesome. Uh Semra says, you are so funny, Bob. Semra, I'm glad you understand my humor. One of the signs that you are beginning to understand a language well is when you understand the humor or what's funny. So, that's awesome. Uh Lolly says, thanks for your answer. No problem. Semra, but you look super healthy. Yeah, I do. I do take care of myself. In English, when you say that you take care of yourself, it means you eat right. You eat fruits and vegetables and I do walk for exercise. Um but for some reason, uh, every once in a while, something weird happens and all of a sudden I have I haven't had kidney stones for a long time though so that's good. Let's see here. Uh Zed Wang, you are a nice guy. I try to be. Uh Milwako says pain in the neck can be used for actual neck pain. Yes or yes for sure. You could say oh doc. So, the short form of doctor is doc. I do call my doctor doc but I just do it to be funny. You could say oh doc, I have a pain in my neck. You can also have a kink in your neck. So, like if you let's say you're you're um looking up for a long time and your neck gets sore, you might say you have a kink in your neck. Um Ricardo says, wash money has two meanings. One is about literally wash the bills. The other is to don't pay income tax to the government. Yes, you are correct. So, in English, we would say launder money. When you launder money, it means you're trying to hide the money from the government so you don't have to pay income tax. Um Brent says, go for it. Make fun of Americans. We can take it. We are used to people making fun of us. Yeah. Um it's it's just one small curious thing I noticed when I lived in Michigan, Brent, was that Americans fix their fix their cars quite often using quick and dirty methods like duct tape or rope or using a piece of wood as their bumper. It was very very interesting. Um Let's see. Ricardo says, in most countries, money laundering is a crime. I'm gonna change the word there, Ricardo. Samra says, thank you, Bob. No problem. Uh Ricardo, washing money can also be an illegal term too. Yes and thank you. Totally understood from Julia. We're gonna go with questions from the crowd and I'll keep my eye on the chat for the next few minutes as well. Arena says, hi, teacher Bob. Please pronounce the word birthplace. I struggle when R is followed by T-H. Could you explain what's going on with the tongue while pronouncing it? Thanks. 
So, birth my tongue, birth. I pull my tongue back, birth place. And then my tongue comes right up to my teeth. Birth place, birth place, worth, um, fourth, birth. So, when I make the burr sound, my tongue is actually pulled back a little bit. And then when I go to the TH sound, it comes forward against my teeth. Birth, birth place, birth place. Hey, Berber, thank you so much uh, for becoming a member of the channel. That's awesome of you. Uh, let's see. Um, thank you for, I mean, I thought pain in the neck described things we don't want to do. Yes, uh, and a person can be a pain in the neck. So, I could say, um, There's certain jobs on the farm that they're just a pain in the neck. I might also say they're a pain in the butt and there's another word for butt you could use as well. I could say that a person is a pain in the neck. I could say, you know, my cousin is a pain in the neck. That means that they're a very annoying person. So, yes, you can use pain in the neck to describe a job you don't wanna do. Um, Dishes, um, doing the dishes after supper is a real pain in the neck for sure. Uh, Let me see here. We say that Mr. Dr. Bob. Yes, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) That was something I was trying to make sure I mentioned in my lesson yesterday on pain. I'm not a doctor but go from there. Um, Let's see here. Next question. This is from Renan. Hello, Bob. Do you use to catch some, oh, did you use to catch some fish in the river on your farm? Uh, So, a few little corrections there. I have not done a lot of fishing in the river. When I was younger, uh, my brother did some fishing. When my oldest two children were uh, younger, we went fishing a couple of times but I haven't gone fishing much. In fact, I don't have a fishing license anymore. You do need a fishing fishing license uh, to fish in Canada. Although, I think because the river's on my property, I might not need one but it's always a good idea uh, if uh, to get a license. Um, Raphael. So, Raphael says, hello, Bob. Could you please comment about the main differences between American pronunciation and Canadian pronunciation? Thanks in advance. Okay. So, for this example, I always like to use Brent from American English with this guy. He's in the chat right now. He's from Maine. He is an American English speaker. Um you should check out his channel once in a while. Um if Brent and I met which we still plan someday to meet and have a cup of coffee we would have zero problems understanding each other. We would totally understand each other. In fact, we talked via Zoom a couple months ago. There was no problem for us to understand each other. Brent does have to my ear a very slight Eastern American accent and to his ear, I probably have a very slight Canadian accent but again, I went to university in the United States and I did not have any problems there. The main difference comes with words like out and about and boat. We form our O's a little bit differently. Most people think it's cute by the way. Um but if you're concerned about whether you should be learning Canadian or American English, they are very similar. Very, very similar. Um in fact, British English is a lot different from Canadian English in terms of pronunciation. Um and Canadian English is a very close cousin to American English. That's how I would describe it. Um let me see here. Next question. Next is from Almira. Hello, Mr. Bob. I've seen a lot of your videos for two years and never asked a question. 
Today I have one. That's awesome. So that's very cool. What does it what does a what does it mean if someone has a loose tongue? Does it mean talkative or the opposite? If you have a loose tongue, it means you have trouble keeping a secret. Okay? So, if I said to, oh, don't tell her about that because she has a loose tongue. It means that if you tell her a secret, uh, she's probably gonna tell other people. So, that's what a loose tongue means. So, I'll I'll give you the uh, habit of talking too much about things that are private or secret. That's what a loose tongue means. So, uh, it's not good when people have a loose tongue. Hey, I wanna thank A for Anna for also becoming a member. That's awesome of you. Welcome to uh, membership on my channel. If you uh keep your eye out, there will be a new video on Wednesday. Uh Wednesdays with Bob number 36 and you can go back and watch the old ones too if you want when you become a member. Uh Brent from American English says the A at the end of questions for Canadians. Yes. So, we do say A a lot like oh, this water is really good, eh? Um we do say it at the end of statements too sometimes. Um but yes, we do say a a lot definitely. Um let's see here. Johan from Quebec or Johan. This let me just uh do one thing here before I continue. Um let me get back to my settings here and I'm gonna turn off members only chat and I am going to take a minute to thank all my members. Thank you so much again. Uh, for clicking that join button and becoming a member and supporting my channel. Um it just helps and I appreciate it. So, thank you once again for doing that. Uh Joanne from Quebec says, hi Bob. I would like to know the restaurant Denny's. Do you pronounce an S or a Z at the end? So, that's another difference between Canadians and Americans. We say X, Y, Z when we say the alphabet. Americans say X, Y, Z. Um I say Denny's. It's probably a mix of the two. Okay. I don't say Denny's or Denny's. Denny's. Yeah. It's definitely a soft S into a Z. So, it does have a Z feeling to it. Denny's. Um the Grand Slam breakfast is what I used to like getting at Denny's. That was a lot of calories. There are no Denny's near me. It's a very American. So, uh let's see here. Um Dave has retrieved a post from Bubber. So, Nightbot is an automated moderator. So, Dave retrieved it. I worked at the firm till two. I worked at the firm three. Okay, let me just read this. One, I worked at the firm two. Okay, yep. I two worked at the firm is not correct. So, number two is wrong. Uh I worked two at the firm. We wouldn't say that. I would say number one. I worked at the firm two. Um, hey, did you work at this firm? Yeah, I worked at that firm too. I worked at the firm too. That's how I would say it. Uh that was from Bober. Uh let's see here. And then A for Anna. Is there any difference between A pronunciation? Hard to say. Um like Anna, like I would say A for Anna. Um and A has a short and long pronunciation like A and A. So, it really depends on the word. Uh and yes, Anna says thank you for your warm welcome. Definitely, you are uh, welcome here. Moon's over moon over my hammy is good from Denny's. Yes, I used to also like uh I think it was chicken fried steak and eggs. I think that's what I liked. A lot of calories in those Denny's meals. I'm not sponsored by Denny's, obviously. <laughs> Let's see. Um Tuli. Hello, teacher Bob. Hope you are doing well. Could you please explain to me? I'm gonna add a two in there. Could you please explain to me what's the meaning of correspondence? 
with some examples. Thanks in advance. So, correspondence refers to the writing of letters back and forth, okay? So, if you have correspondence with someone, it means you're sending them a letter and they're sending a letter back to you. We can use this, I guess, with email as well. It's a very formal sounding word. Like, if I was to say, um, over the summer, I had correspondence with my boss. I probably would say over the summer my email, my boss and I emailed back and forth. You would probably say my mom and I write letters back and forth. Correspondence means the same thing but it sounds very formal and kind of an older word I think. Um let's see here. I see A for Anna asking in the chat, what is the difference between garments and clothes? So, clothes that's the common term like this morning I had a shower and then I put clothes on. Garments is like again an older more formal word that we don't use any very much anymore but it does mean the same thing. Like you can go to a garment store but I I haven't used the word garment for a while. Uh let's see here. So, Mawaku says, I'm sorry for reiterating the same question using a form so please forget about it. Thank you very much. That's no problem. Happens all the time. Let's see here. Um next question. Ario is here. Hi, Ario. Ario says, hola, Mr. Bob. What does I'd love you to want me mean? I heard the sentence in a song called I'd love you to want me by Lobo. Thank you. So, if I said I'd love you to want me, if I was, let's say I was, how do I say this? So, when when you want someone to want you, it's like desire or attraction or sexual attraction. So, if you say to someone, I'd love you to want me, What you're saying is, I would really like it if you thought I was attractive and you wanted to be with me romantically, physically, and even sexually, okay? So, if you want someone to want you, um there's another lyric for that, right? Um I want you to want me. Who sings that? I don't know what band that is. Um that's what that means, Ario. Uh let's see here. So, difference in pronunciation. This is from Mary. Difference in pronunciation between were, where, and war. So, let me give you a few sentences. I would say they were running. Yesterday, they were running. Okay? Yesterday, they were running because they were afraid. So, that's the first word. Yesterday, they were running because they were afraid. The next word, where, you could say, um, where is Canada? Where is the United States? Where is my wallet? Where are my glasses? They're right here by the way. I got a new pair. I don't just don't really like them. I don't know. I have to get used to them. And then war. Sometimes when countries fight, they go to war with each other. You could say there was a war in the United States many years ago. There was a war. A war is when two people fight. So, there you go. Um let me see here. Cheap Trick originally sang that song. I think I saw them live back in the 90s. Yes, I think that's who sings I want you to want me. Um by the way, music is a really good way to learn a language and a really good way to passively practice your listening skills. So, if you are not listening to English music, you know, I make fun of the United States sometimes but Britain and the United States have put out some amazing music over the last 50 years. You should listen to all of it. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible but it's just really good stuff. Um let's see here. Um so Abel from Texas says, hello teacher Bob. I hope you're having a wonderful morning. 
What does the phrase batting an eye mean? Thank you so much. When you do something, we usually say this without batting an eye. So, if you were to if someone was doing something scary like um oh, Bob did the skateboard jump without batting an eye. It means that I didn't blink. I was not afraid to do it. Let me look up the official explanation for you. Meaning of without batting an eye. So, again, we do say without in front of it. So, showing no emotion or acting as though nothing was unusual when doing something. And the example they give is uh Richard ate the snails without batting an eye. So, there you go. So, again, we do use without in front of it. So, we would say without batting an eye. Um next question from Eduardo. Uh and Eduardo says, hi, Bob. Good morning. Here's my question. What does it mean cold turkey? Thanks in advance. So, a long time ago, this is kind of embarrassing. A long time ago, I was a smoker. I smoked cigarettes and one day, I just quit cold turkey. That means that the day before, I was a smoker. The next day, I did not smoke and I have not smoked since. I haven't smoked for 20, almost 30, almost 27 years. A long time. So, I quit cold turkey. When you quit doing something cold turkey, it means you're doing it and then you quit cold turkey and you never do it again. Like, you just stop. So, some people um drink a lot, okay? They drink a lot of alcoholic beverages and then one day, they just quit cold turkey. Some people drink a lot of soda or pop and they think, well, there's too much sugar in this and one day, they just quit cold turkey. That means they stop and they just don't do it, okay? So, like, an immediate stop to a behavior would be cold turkey. Um Rosa from Brazil uh says, what so, let me read this. How is the pronunciation of the words where the P appears as trouble probably? Thanks a million. Where the P appears as trouble. Um yeah, I'm having a little trouble, Rosa. I think you're looking for words where the P pronounces a problem in pronunciation. The P, the P presents a problem with pronunciation. I had trouble pronouncing that. Um so, there's a few things that trip people up. PR sometimes like probably um prevent those types of words but also it can be hard to pronounce the P at the end like Trump or tr- uh when there's a two consonants. Um I was using Trump like in a card game not for the president. <laughs> um, um let me see here or bump maybe that's a good one. So, it can be hard to pronounce words where two consonants um come close together. So, thanks Rosa. I think I answered that. Uh far she does pr- sprawling city have a positive meaning? So let me fix the question for a sec. Does the term sprawling city have a positive meaning? It kind of has a bit of a negative meaning. So when you have a city and it's starting to become a sprawling city, it means the city is growing into the surrounding countryside. Um some people feel like cities should grow up instead of out. So, I would say the term sprawling city, a city that's expanding into the countryside has a little bit of a negative meaning to it. Just a tiny bit for sure. Hey, I do wanna pause and say hi to the 565 people watching. Hi, everybody. If you're new here, I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. There are many videos on my English YouTube channel. Uh, Just search for learn English with Bob the Canadian or click below. There's a link. Um, 
I cover all kinds of things. I have short lessons. I have long lessons. I have lessons on all kinds of topics. If you are learning English, maybe spend some time watching some. If you are new here, click the subscribe button as well and if you wanna support my channel, you can click the join button below. But let's get back to the lesson and answering questions which is my favorite part. Um let's see. Um I'm gonna skip the next question. Sorry about that. It just is a very challenging question to answer. Andrea, what is the difference between thin and slim? So, things that have never been said about Bob the Canadian. He is very thin. <laughs> he is very slim. <laughs> so, when a person is very thin or very slim, um, they are um, definitely smaller than me. Does, <laughs> does that make sense? I'm considered more of a bulky person. I'm not fat. I'm not overweight but I'm certainly hefty, okay? I think that would be a good way to describe me. I'm not muscular um but I'm not skinny either. So, when you describe someone as being thin or slim, usually they're very healthy. They're in very good shape. They're the opposite of being overweight. We don't use the word fat too much anymore. It's kind of a a negative thing to say but you might say, oh, she was overweight and she went on a diet and now she's very slim or she was overweight and she went on a diet and she is now very thin. So, thin, slim mean someone who mostly is just very healthy looking. Um Diego says, hi, dear teacher. Can you explain the difference between anyone and someone? Thank you. So, I'll use these two in a sentence, I guess. So, uh could anyone Hmm, let's see. I'm trying to think about something like, could someone give me a glass of water? Is anyone able to give me a glass of water? So, yeah. Could someone give me a glass of water? Is anyone able to give me a glass of water? They're kind of interchangeable. If I said to you, here's $100. Give it to anyone. Here's $100. Give it to someone. They kind of mean the same thing. They have a slight difference to them though and I'm having trouble thinking of what it is but uh definitely very similar in most usages. Let's see here. Okay, so Naruna says, hello teacher Bob. My question is, what does it mean when we put do before the verb? I hear a lot of English speakers saying that. Thanks for the great lessons. So, When I ask questions in the present simple, I would say things like, do you like learning English? Do you like shopping? Do you like going to the store? Do you eat bananas? So, when we ask questions, we often will put do in front. When we use the negative, we also add do when we're talking in the present simple. So, we say things like this, I do like making videos. I do like Sorry, I'm supposed to be talking the negative. (laughs) I do not like making videos. I do not like bananas. And we also added the third situation is to emphasize and that's what I was just doing. You could say, do you like eating bananas? I do like eating bananas. So, that's different than saying, I like eating bananas. If I want to say it with enthusiasm, I might add the word do for emphasis. So, Bob, do you like making English lessons? I do like making English lessons. So, there you go. Sometimes we add the word do for various reasons. Hey, I wanna just check where I am at on the questions. 
I don't think I'm gonna get through them all today. Um, let me see where I'm at. Yeah, there's quite a few left to go. I'm just gonna keep moving along. We have a few minutes left and I'll just keep going. Um, Mehmet. Hi, Mehmet. Uh, hi, what are the differences between? Okay, little switch of word there. What are the differences between too much, enough, and not enough? Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Um, when I make a cup of coffee in the morning, I like to put in half a teaspoon of sugar. That is enough sugar. If I put in one teaspoon of sugar, that's too much sugar and then the coffee's too sweet. If I put in a quarter teaspoon of sugar, it's not enough sugar and the coffee isn't sweet enough. So, enough of something is the perfect amount. Too much is when you have more than what you wanted and not enough is when you don't have as much as what you wanted. Let's see here. Hmm. I don't know about this one. We we don't use the word eminent a lot. Like eminent, famous and respected. So, okay. So, when you say someone is eminent, it means that they've done something and they're really well known. I use this term a lot to talk about people who did something in the past. Like he was an eminent author in the 1900s. That's how I would use that word. But it certainly means um someone who's famous or respected in a certain area like as a writer or someone who makes movies. Um IK says, hi Bob from Japan. What is the difference between the word sarcastic and cynical? So, sarcastic is when you make jokes but the jokes have some truth to them and they can sound a little bit like insults, okay? So, sarcasm is um a form of humor that's very cutting or very biting because it's very close to the truth. Let me find the um the dictionary definition for you. I'm considered a very sarcastic person. To use irony or to mock or to convey contempt while being humorous. So, that's interesting, eh? So, you're you're kind of speaking the truth. When you're cynical, it simply means that you're not a very positive person and you're always looking for the problems with anything. I'm also a little bit cynical sometimes. If someone says, we'll all be vaccinated by March and I say, you know what? It's gonna take till next September. That would be, I'm being cynical. I would think I'm being practical but people might say I'm being cynical because I'm expressing a negative opinion about something. So, that would be cynical. Uh let's see here. So, Muhammad. Hi, Bob. Have a great moment. I wanna ask you a question. What's the difference between keep and save in sentences? So, um I like to keep my um I like to keep the milk in the fridge. I like to keep all of my bread in the freezer until I'm ready to eat it. That's something we do in North America. I'm not sure you do that everywhere in the world. Um so, it certainly simply means to have something somewhere, okay? Um when you save something, it means that you're putting it away for a future date. Like I like to save money, okay? So, I put all of my change in a jar and I like to save money. So, you could say I keep it in a jar because I'm saving for the future and now I'm just getting a little bit confusing for you. But definitely, there are some good example sentences there. Um I keep the milk in the fridge. Um I like to save money 
when I'm buying things. There you go. Another couple of examples. Uh, let's see. Hi, teacher Bob. How are you? This is from Ziv. Which is better to ask a guest in a hotel? In a hotel. Which room are you in or what room are you in? So, a couple things there. Thanks in advance. Thanks, Ziv. So, I added the word in and that made both sentences totally correct. I if I was working in a hotel and a guest came up and said, um the heat's not working in my room. I I would say, which room are you in? Or what room are you in? I would say, oh, no problem. We'll get someone to fix that right away. Which room are you in? Or, oh, no problem. We'll get someone to fix that right away. What room are you in? So, definitely add the word room. Um you could say, what room are you? Yeah, which room are you? But definitely adding the word in makes it sound a lot more professional. Which room are you in? Uh, Let's see here. I'm gonna skip Miwako's question because we talked about pain in the neck already. So, that's where I am in the chat or in the questions. Let's see here. Roger. Let me get a little drink here. Roger says, could you if there is a rule to expressions like work in, work out, work at, bring in, out, up on these words, in, out, up. Change the words in some way. So, there is no real rules. The problem is is that we take verbs, we add prepositions and then it has a whole new meaning. So, when you say I work in a factory, that's a really simple way of indicating the place where you are working, okay? But when I say I work out, it means I'm exercising. So, the first example work in is just a verb with a preposition indicating a place. The second is a phrasal verb. To work out means to exercise. So, it has nothing to do with work and the word out doesn't really mean anything but as soon as you work out, you're exercising. So, it really is a matter of understanding which prepositions to use when and I can't explain that quickly, Roger. Sorry. And then which verb and preposition pairs are actually phrasal verbs that have a whole new meaning, okay? So, because For instance, I for bring, I could say when I get home from the grocery store, I bring in the groceries. So, it's a verb and a preposition indicating where I'm going. But when I say um I like to bring up my children to be honest. To bring up means to raise or to teach or to um you know just have children grow in your house. So, it doesn't have anything to do with bring or up. It gets a new meaning. So, it's important to learn your prepositions and learn your phrasal verbs. I hope that made uh, a little bit of sense. Uh let's do one more question and we're gonna wrap this up. This is from Elvis. Which one is correct? I wish I had a bike when I was a child or I wish I had had a bike when I was a child. Uh please teacher. Oh, so a little mistake in the second one, right? You forgot the second I but that's okay. I wish I had a bike when I was a child. I wish I had had a bike when I was a child. They're both correct. We would use both in almost exactly the same way. If someone said, um oh, I had a bike when I was a kid. It was awesome. I could reply and say, oh, I wish I had a bike when I was a kid or I wish I had had a bike when I was a kid. Both work. Anyways, folks, um BCA is saying, I'm not allowed to ask another question in the form as my IP is blocked in spite of the possibility that my question might have been skipped. BCA, I probably just didn't get to your question, okay? There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions here and I usually do not get to all of them. So, I'm sorry about that. I know many of you were also waiting. I usually get through 
Um let's see. I usually get through about 60 questions in an hour and I did that. So anyways, sorry about that. Anyways, I'm Bob the Canadian. We're done. It's been an hour. Thank you so much to the 584 people who are here. Thanks to Todd and Dave for helping out in the chat. Thanks to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher for being here. Uh he has a video starting in less than a minute. So, you should go watch that. Um thanks to Brent from American English with this guy for being here and thanks to all of you. You guys are awesome. By the way, I do uh have a lot of English lessons on my channel. If you have time today or tomorrow, go to Learn English with Bob the Canadian on YouTube and just kind of look through. Maybe look at I have a couple videos that are very popular where I go to a hotel, where I teach phrasal verbs. Um I just have a lot of content that I've created on my YouTube channel. There are a lot of English lessons. I think they'll be very helpful for you. So, if you have some time over the next couple of days, I would appreciate it if you watched a few of those and I think you would learn just a little bit more English. Anyways, bye everyone. Have a great Saturday. Have a great weekend and I will see you Tuesday with a new video and next Friday with a new live lesson and of course, a week from now with another Saturday question and answer session. Bye. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me, in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.